there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. It is a steamroller, it is a juggernaut that is Manchester City right now. But from the West Ham perspective, Danny, it didn't really change your mind, did it? No. Seeing them play today and how, how well they played no, and how they, much they were in that game? They've been absolutely brilliant. I think David Moyes, the way they were set up from open play, the attention to detail, the discipline from the players, whilst also having a threat on the counter-attack was, was great to see. And I'd probably say, if you were to ask Guardiola, that he, he would potentially say that that's been the hardest game for them this season. They were, they were incredible. They just, where they got done by Manchester City was from set pieces, then the reset, they didn't get themselves back into position enough and that's where City took advantage. Tim, how much is this reminding you of your days under David Moyes at Everton, what he's doing at West Ham? Well, the players are similar, the setup is similar, and the belief is similar. The, this was a test. I think the, the questions are, can they stay in the top four? Mm. Are they punching too far above their weight? This was a huge test today, and They'd have been disappointed if you'd have told them on Thursday you're going to go there and you'll play well, but you'll concede two set-piece goals. Nobody would have believed it because they believe in their system and they believe in their ability to defend set-pieces. So this was a surprise to them, but I think to the rest of us it was, it was certainly a, a warning shot. I think what you've got to do is, you know, you look at West Ham, but Manchester City as well, their last five goals, all from crosses. You know, you've had Silva, one of the smallest players on the pitch at the time, Sterling, obviously, sorry, um... Uh, Bernardo Silva in the Champions League, header. Sterling against Arsenal, header. Today, Diaz, header. Stone scores from across. They're finding mm. ways. If an avenue shut off, they'll say, OK, we've got a problem, we've got to solve it. And more often than not, they solve it. And that's full credit to Guardiola and his players. They're yeah. a joy to watch. Yeah, they're, they're finding ways. And that, that's what I think. They got shut down today, tactically, the back three and the wing-backs going tight. Mm -hmm. I think that was fantastic. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> if they, they need to score a sloppy set-piece goal, yeah. they can do it. Can they win out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Rest it's, of the season. it's going to be difficult to beat this team. They're, they're so fantastic. There's so many ways to win. 20 wins in all competitions on the spin. 13 straight Premier League wins before today. 14 now. The record is 18. The win today, courtesy of a defender. Here's John Stones. John, 20 wins in a row, and they made you work for it, even right down to the final seconds. Yeah, they did. Um, a lot of credit to West Ham. We knew what they were going to come and do and um, how they've been playing recently. The position in the table, it speaks for itself. I think, um, yeah, I give a lot of credit to them and, and, you know, gave us a great game today. And as you said, we had to fight right into the last few minutes and they made it difficult. So um, really satisfied. I think at half-time we were a bit deflated of conceding late in that in the first half. Um, weren't at our free-flowing football like we we used to, I suppose, in, in the recent weeks. But that's, that's again, how they set up against us. And um, I think we, sh we showed great character at, from half-time and, and, and during the second half. 
And if the strikers aren't scoring, then the defenders step up and do it. Try. <laughs> yeah, try and chip in and, um, you know, everyone's out there and working hard and some, some days it doesn't come off for the, for the forwards and today me and Ruben chipped in and um, I think that's, that's part of um, us being such a good team and such a collective in big games and in important games, everyone chips in or maybe sometimes the... Um, person that, that you don't expect maybe me and Ruben today it was that and you know just glad to get three points and, and keep this winning run going Pep unbeaten, unbeaten in 27 games 20 straight victories but this was as tricky a contest as you predicted wasn't it <laughs> definitely first for the quality for the opening after 26 fixtures so being in four in the table so means a lot physicality is really impressive and and now I think they had the quality of, to play with Lingard, with uh, Fornals, and Antonio is always so difficult to control. So after 10-15 minutes, so we say, okay, today we are not going, we are not going to, to to paint something beautiful. So today is the game to 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 take the you know, to take the three points. I think the second half we, we were much better uh, than the first half when we struggled and. Uh, and learn from this, that is a reality. So when you play a lot of games and runs in Britain and after Champions League game with just two days, it's normal these kind of things happen. And Stones and Diaz, the goal scorers, that's a sign that anyone in the club and anyone in that squad can step up to do the job. But they are the best headers, so it's nice uh, to score the goals, but the second one was brilliant for them. The composer from Riyadh to make the right tempo, the right pass, and a uh, good finishing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, sometimes happens. Central defenders score goals. It was. It's rare to see your defence breached for a change. I mean, not been giving presence to the opposition. The defence has been keeping so many clean sheets. It was rare to see them beaten today. The, the normal when it's a lot, a lot of clean sheet, that is unusual. The usual is sometimes you can see the goal against this this team, like they run perfectly in counter attacks. So Declan Rice and Sosa is fantastic holding midfielder. So a real tough, real, real tough game. We knew it before, and we were lucky. We were lucky for the effort for the players again to to take our three points. Steve Bauer, David Moyes, match today. David, what a performance from West Ham. How disappointing not to take anything from that? Yeah, I'm, I'm really disappointed that we didn't get a point from the game. We had the chance right at the last minute as well, which uh, is the sort of thing you hope for, that you get an opportunity, and we got it. But look, it was a, it was a terrific performance by the players that we we came here and tried to, to match you know, a, a, a top side. And for long periods, we did. You know, they, They're a good team. They had the ball a lot, but I thought we had really good opportunities and, uh, and not pleased with the players how they played. Plenty to be happy for David Moyes. What a season they're having. Tim, let's talk City. Mm. Sergio Aguero started. How do you feel City are looking with a striker when he does play a number nine? Well, sadly, I think we're seeing the end of Sergio Aguero. Um, he's a club legend. He's done The things he's done at Manchester City, he should be applauded for. They should build a statue for him. But the fact of the matter is, those days are over. Jesus clearly, you know, Jesus comes on for Aguero. He's not really at it. And we saw last week, Pep prefers to play without a nine. With a false nine, he's got enough quality players in the team to do so. Does he bring in a top, top strike in the summer? Mm -hmm. Probably, but right now he's a false nine. It's incredible when you play with a false nine, playing without a centre-forward, it's so difficult for defenders because defenders go looking for players, and I think that creates the most space for them. And as we heard from Arteta last week, he said that's been Guardiola's way that he wants to play. He wants to play with that false nine. So as Tim said, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the summer. You know, Do they go out and get a top-class centre-forward or do they work another way as they have done for the majority of this season? 
You can't say Brighton didn't have the opportunities to get back into that game. Massive three points for Sam Allardyce's West Brom. Right, Tim, I want your opinion on this. So the referee blew the whistle, and then they're saying that he saw Sam Johnson was way over on his post trying to organise his wall, and because he wasn't in position, he blew the whistle again. So am I right, in, am I right to think, then, the referee has to wait for the goalkeeper to be ready before he can blow his whistle for a free kick to be taken? Well, technically, you'd like for the referee to make sure everyone is set, and if he sees the goalkeeper setting up his wall, that he'll, he'll wait and give him an opportunity. But as a goalkeeper myself, I never allowed my fate to be in the referee's hands. I set the wall up if I felt like it was getting close. Even if my wall wasn't set, I jumped back across to the other side of the goal because these things happen, and it's not a good look from the referee. He had a, he had a really bad day, a terrible day, in fact, and this was the start of it. He did, and they're only human, Danny. Go on. They are only human, but look at Sam Johnson's reaction. He's expecting the goal to be given. Right. Mm. He's expecting the goal to be given. So, as Tim's quite rightly said, we've seen it on so many occasions. Sam Johnston isn't... First thing he doesn't do is turn around to Lee Mason and say, whoa, 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 hang on. He's looking and thinking, I've made a mistake here. I didn't get ready, so therefore the goal's going to be given. I mean, I wouldn't want to be a referee. I don't think any of us would. But mm. he shouldn't have blown the first time because he should have waited. He yeah. shouldn't have blown the second time mm. because that then... Ended in. I mean, the whole thing. He should have basically. The whole thing was a mess. It, it just ended up being a comedy of errors, mm. one after the other. And as they're trying to, as they're trying to rectify the previous error, yeah, it just gets deeper and deeper, and it just doesn't look good at any point whatsoever. Having said that, Lee Mason surely is not the reason why Brighton lost that game, is he? They missed two penalties, Tim. They missed two penalties. You go, you go back to the last two games. They've outshot their opponents by an astounding number, and they can't put the ball in the net. They're trying to walk it into the net. It's not been clinical enough. Yeah, listen, they, we're talking about Lee Mason. So you miss two penalties in a game yeah. and you lose 1-0. You don't deserve to win the game. Simple as that. Yeah, it's, it, it's been the issue for, for me. I love, what, I love watching Brighton play, but they're always looking to try and score that perfect goal. One, two, one or two touches, too many in the box, and then the chances are taken away. Are they in big trouble, Brighton? I think they are now. And we, I've, I've got to go back to Fulham, give them full credit, because I, I, I expected the three that have been down there for a long time to be the three that have gone, but now they've dragged Brighton into it. They've dragged Newcastle into it, and they've dragged Burnley into it. So, you know, all to play for now for Fulham. Big Sam. He couldn't, could he? Could he, Tim? Uh, game by game, he might. He, he said he needed six points from the next three games, so he's gotten three here. Lewis, we appreciate you coming out and speaking. It's clearly a difficult moment. There's one huge moment in the game which you were heavily involved in, the goal that is disallowed. Can you tell us your understanding and what was said on that pitch during those moments? It's embarrassing. It's a horrendous decision. I said to the ref, can I take it? He blew his whistle, I took it. Just because you've got so much pressure from the bench and the players, he can't. He disallows the goal. VR, I don't know what he said. It's a horrendous decision. Why don't he come speak to the press, like me? Why don't he come and say his point? Never. They hide behind their bubble. It's fine, isn't it? What we're being told, Lewis, and I fully understand your frustration, is we're getting told from the people that run VAR that the time the second whistle had blown, the ball hadn't crossed the line, and that's why they've disallowed the goal. Was that conveyed to you? Not really. I don't think he knew what he was doing. He said, I said to him, can I take the free kick? He said, yes, blew the whistle, I took it. He went in the back of the net. He'd give the goal, why did he give the goal? Because he knew he, he knew he said go. So I don't know how VAR was getting involved because he said the words. You can look on the, on the video if you want. Just how taken aback were you as a group when, of course, first of all, he's disallowed the goal, then after some debate with both teams, both players from both sides, then he gives the goal, right. then he changes his mind again. Had in your mind, had he lost control of the game at that moment? I think you answered it there, didn't you? Yeah, he did. Fact. Can I start by asking you about that incident in the first half, though, the free kick? 
that was disallowed and your understanding of it, the whistle blew for the second time before it had crossed the line. Yeah. What was the reason behind that second whistle, you know, from a goalkeeping perspective? No, that's what the ref said. He says, you've kicked it before I've whistled. You know, it happened that quick. I'm not really sure what's gone on, but I don't think I've seen someone take a quick free kick for 10 years like that. Do you know what I mean? So, um, look, he checked it. He, 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 people looked at it, and it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? They, 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 surely they can't get something like that wrong. So, um, But, yeah, I think he's literally asked him to to take a quick free kick and, 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 and he's took it before he's whistled and, and there's confusion and stuff like that. So, um, But, yeah, no, look, it's, it's nothing to do with us. It's um, the ref's decision and, um, you know, they've, all, they've had two penalties as well and thankfully they've not gone in and, and, and we've won the game because that's massive for us because the last few weeks we've deserved to win and we haven't and today we've got the three points. Well, Graham, so many talking points in this game, but there is one huge talking point as far as your side is concerned, the goal that is disallowed. What is your understanding? What have you been had said to you by the officials and your players? Well, um, as far as I know, we, uh, Lewis asked the referee if he could take it quickly. Uh, the referee said yes. He blew his whistle and Lewis put the ball in the net. I think in between that there was an, uh, another whistle. I don't know what the whistle was for but uh, the whistle happened before the ball went in the goal, so therefore it was a disallowed goal. That's, I think that's the gist I've got of it, but again, um, it'd be nice for a bit more clarification. Our pictures show that the ball hasn't crossed the line by the time the second whistle's blown, so that's why the goal's disallowed. Yeah. Then the confusion comes with the referee disallowing a goal and then clearly changing his mind to give you a goal and then changing his mind again. Have you had any explanation as to why that is and then VAR become involved as well? No, exactly. I don't know why the second whistle is. As I understand, the player can ask the referee if he can take it quickly. Uh, the referee says yes, blows his whistle, and then he... And then he he puts it in the, in the net it's, then the confusion is I don't understand that so like I said it'd be nice to get some clarification on that There's so much at stake for you guys particularly battling to stay in the Premier League is this a shortcoming on behalf of the AR or is it a shortcoming on behalf of the referee? Well, again I, I, I don't know I think the, the confusion is on the pitch and then uh, it's 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 uh, it gets worse when when there's somebody from outside of this area making the making the decisions. It's it's um, it is what it is. Uh, we've we've obviously um, not helped ourselves with two penalties as well that we've not been able to put away. So we can't put it all down to that. But um, yeah, it's frustrating. It's quite mind-boggling, Danny. I think mm. the two key areas are. Lewis Dunk asked, can I take yeah. it quickly? He said yes. And, and unless Lewis Dunk is lying, then we have to take that as fact, mm -hmm. which means that the second whistle was out of panic? Yeah. Do we it, think? It, 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 it seems that way. But from my perspective, we've said it for a long time now, managers have to come and speak after a game. Players have to come and speak after a game. Good, bad or indifferent. Referees should have to come and speak after a game. And it's not just so you, you, you give them criticism. It's to give them credit as well. Or, for us three here, to get an understanding of why. Agree? They've yeah, I feel, I feel bad for Lee Mace. He just had an awful day. And that happens. He's human. Are you surprised that they won today or not so much? Going into the game, I, I didn't really fancy them. But the way he made the changes and, and the way that he made, he made the changes in the team for energy. They came they, and they said, hey, we're going to play some good football, but more importantly, I need energy. And he got that. He got that from his team. 
They went into halftime, won the lead. We know what that, what mm-hmm. that means to Villa. They've been, they've been up and down in terms of second halves. I'm sure he would have reminded them of that, and they came out and played really well in the second half. And how much do they need that victory, bearing in mind not only the Grealish injury, which we yeah. know when he'll be back, but also their kind of patchy form of late, if they do want to be on the fringes of Europe? Yeah, I think so, and I think it really talks about Villa, uh, Aston Villa's away form this season. It's been absolutely incredible, counter-attacking. You know, I remember being at, at, at the, the last game before lockdown towards the end of last season when they went to Leicester and, and they got absolutely taken apart. But what's happened is the plays that he's signed has enabled him to play more on the counter-attack. 12 more points in the whole of last season away from home. It's absolutely incredible, and he's, he's another manager that's up there with, with the manager of the year of what he's done. And a point behind Liverpool with a game in hand. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable what, what he's done. I think what you have to do, you always assess a manager by his players. You look at the players he's brought in, the likes of Watkins, the likes of Martinez. Near enough playing week in, week out. And that's, you know, they're, they're on a real, real good, good position at the moment to really build on that. Martin, you finish with a point this evening, in part down to a fantastic save from you late on. How pleased were you with it? How much did you know about it? Yeah, I was trying to just react from short distance, obviously waiting if Jamal will flick it or not. That's a tough situation because really it's so-so. But I'm glad that I could help with the team, but I still think that we deserve more today. You got a hand to Ruben Neves' header as well. Was it one you felt you, you should have kept out, or was it just so well-placed it was difficult? You know, he, he could ask me where, uh, where, I, where he wants to score the goal, so in the end I, sh- I had a flick, I have a finger on it, but uh, it was so close, you know, for me, so... I was nearly, nearly there, but I'm too short, probably. Nuno, you had to come from behind, showed great fight to do so. How do you reflect on a point from this game tonight? Um, I'm, I'm disappointed, sorry. I'm, I'm trying to review the game. I'm disappointed the way we concede second phase after a set piece, something that we have to look at. Because, honestly, I, I, I felt that... Um, we won the game. We were um, we started well the second half. Um, the first half we Newcastle started really strong, created some problems. But I think after we the team settled down and and controlled the game, played good, had chances in the in the end the last push. Um, disappointed though the way we conceded. The, the, the way we conceded was was disappointed from our point of view. But I think we did, did well, and the reaction of the boys was amazing to the goal. The way they they keep playing, keep keep. Uh, Searching for the spaces and um, and, um, and and achieve a, a very good goal from Ruben. It's something that they've had to do quite often this season. After conceding first, yeah. it's become a regular occurrence. How frustrating is it, despite regular. despite not too regular? How frustrating is it, despite it's the fact that they do come back? Yeah, is that what to? I mentioned to you? What I mentioned before? I think honestly. After we settled down um, the first period um, of the of the game, Newcastle were really strong. But after we settled down and, and started playing and having good lines of possession of the ball, I think we unbalanced Newcastle and create create gaps, spaces, um, find the lines in the pockets. Um, Adama, Pedro did an amazing job, and we had many many situations in the box that require better finishing. But we'll keep on working. And a first-headed goal from Ruben Neves. How often have you seen him do that in training? I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, um, it's something that he, he should do more often. Um, sometimes the game doesn't allow the midfielders to, to go in the box, but today after we find the, the wide areas, uh, I think we were able to put a lot of bodies in the box, and, and fortunately Ruben was there to, to make a good header. It continues the unbeaten run as well that you're on. In terms of how you know your team can play and the consistency of performances that 
that you know are in there, how close are you right now to, to getting that right game in, game out? Uh, the expectations are always very high because uh, I honestly think that we are very talented players that can do beautiful things. So our expectations is to reach the, the high standards. But we have to, to be aware that um, the attitude to do so is here. So I, I, I honestly believe that we'll come with, with, with more time and, and trying to achieve this consistency through the games and through the competition. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. did you make of it? Finished on as even. Uh, don't know really. Quite a, an evenly matched game. Um, not too many chances, I don't think. Um, you know, we were both quite sort of safe. Maybe they had a bit more possession, which probably we knew that was going to happen the way they've been playing. They've been keeping the ball well, but we defended well. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think we, we created too many chances today, so... You know, a bit disappointed with that. Um, you know, we needed to win because obviously the gap's getting bigger. We knew that. We didn't, so, yeah, who knows? It's perhaps one of those where both defences and midfield played well and just cancelled each other out. Yeah, no, I think that was it. Uh, like I said, there wasn't too many chances from, from either side, so, you know, we need to keep pushing because... We obviously wanted to win today because we wanted to close the gap, even though we know the gap's, you know, big. And well, obviously we've we've just got to move on. We take a point. They're a very good team. Um, you know, they haven't conceded too many re either, so we have to look at it like that. They defend well, so you know we need to move on. We got another big game against Crystal Palace this week. It was a big talking point, a potential penalty. Were you aware at the time of what it was potentially for, or basically what was happening? I don't know. I think at the time I saw a handball. I didn't know whether it was Mason or or Callum. Um, I just carried on. I didn't even know that there was a potential check. Um, I don't know why they stopped it. If you know, it was a pen. If it's not going to be a pen, I don't think they needed to stop. Um, the ref even said to, to H. I heard him say, "If if I if I say it's a pen, then it's going to cause a lot of a lot of talk about it after." So you know, I don't know what happened there. H said that they got told it was a pen. He got told it was a pen by VAR. So. I'm not sure. They what's asked going the ref on. to go and look at it, and they stay with his decision. Well, that's what I mean. I, I don't understand why he stopped. If he's going to stop, I think maybe you would think he's going to give a pen because we had the ball, we, we was attacking. Um, so it's confusing with this VAR because look, if it's not going to be a pen, and, 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 and they might as well just carry on the game. They might as well not stop the, the flow of the game. Um, but yeah, another one that look, I'm not going to moan about it because, like I said, the game. You know, I, I don't think neither team did enough to win. Thanks for talking to us, Luke. Thank you. Well, let's take you back to Arlo and Talib. Gentlemen, I think he used the word there, Luke Shaw, safe. It was so safe. Mm. There was such a lack of ambition. And we've seen that a lot from these big six clashes this season. It's just a letdown, let's be honest. Yep. 
have to agree with you, Rebecca. <laughs> I thought Luke Shaw was interesting there. I mean, that's a second-hand account. But he's basically saying that Stuart Atwell didn't give the penalty because he was afraid of what reaction would, would be caused by it, which is slightly strange. But is this an energy thing at this stage of the season? Is it just two teams that, that were happy with the points and go and fight another day? What, what explains the general lacklustre nature of that game? Well, I feel a little bit like Luke Shaw does. I mean, that interview summed it up. He was like, <laughs> mm. you know, it's hard for him to talk about the game. We didn't, you know, we defended well, but there was nothing really happening creativity-wise. And that's how the game panned out. And uh, yes, they were cancelling each other out. There's a lack of quality. And maybe, you know, the guys, the, the analyst guys who were sitting up there now, the Manchester United ones who said we play every 72 hours, give us a break, basically. When I said at half-time, the game wasn't great. And he's almost saying, what, what do you expect? We're exhausted. And so mm. managers have got a lot of... Um, things to work out about rotation they tried to change a few players today uh, Chelsea did and it, it didn't quite work there was no flow for, from either team there was no real pattern of play you couldn't say oh United are doing this to try and break Chelsea down and vice versa there was nothing it was just basically a off the cuff type game and cancelled each other out um, nil nil Who's next? You know, mm. that's the kind of And they both attitude. have midweek games again, don't they? Exactly. So it just continues and a continues. Absolutely. So we'll just park it as a nil-nil, point each, move on to the next one. It'll be better next time, I promise you. Oh, the Lee Dixon <laughs> guarantee, Rebecca. What could possibly go wrong? We've got Liverpool against Chelsea for you on Thursday. We'll talk to you from there. I want to believe him. I want to believe him. <laughs> but we've been bigging up these games and they've been letting us down. Um, tiredness, you felt that Manchester uh, United especially were tired. I thought so. I mean, I, we, we talked at half-time and United looked bright. They looked the better side. They were high-pressing. They looked like the team that was going to go on and win the game. Second half, flattened off. They looked tired. Rashford looked like he needs a break. Bruno Fernandes has done so well, looks tired, looks like he needs a break. And yet he was played in midweek. We just, well, we just talked about it. And I looked at the team and the amount of minutes and most of the important players for United played about half. Mm. Of well, the Europa League of game. Of the Europa League game. On, yeah. yeah, just a few it's days Rails ago. Sociedad on, on uh, Thursday. Thursday, yeah. You know, they just look tired, Rebecca. So, uh, you know, I don't know. They're 4-0 up in that, for the second leg against Sociedad. So they could have rested guys a lot more mm. to get a fresher team. Chelsea's problem is a little bit different. They had, they had a big European game themselves, but they've got more, more rotation, more squad players, mm. and, and that's been beneficial. They're struggling in the final third. The attacking creative part, as you talked about, they haven't scored zillions of goals, Chelsea, under the new manager. So different problems led to a disappointing game. I just think the United was more avoidable, given that Thursday Europa League game, rest your important players totally, and they might have gone and won that match. Well, off the back of the fatigue, I don't think systematically United have an idea or or an identity. We've talked about they've gone behind in a lot of games this season and come back from it because individually they are special. You know, Shaw was good today. He, he's, had a, he's had a quite a good season. Fred actually showed some, some spark today. They have special players, particularly in attack, Rashford and, and Fernandez. But if that doesn't come off, systematically they don't, they don't have an identity there where, where they can say, this is how we're going to win the game. The way they're going to win games is by individual moments of brilliance. And one of the most important individuals is not there, Paul Pogba. Right. You know, he's another player that can create something, can score a goal. Mason Greenwood, as you talked earlier on, didn't look that lively as well. United need a few players in, in important positions yeah. to kick forward. Should Chelsea have taken advantage, more advantage of the fact that United tied in that second half? They're not scoring goals either. They're not, they're not scoring goals. And, and here's what I think. They, Tuchel has been in charge nine games now. 
and it's all it's it's all well and good to chop and change a team. Settle on a team because it does it. Your your players get confidence from playing week in and week out, not thinking I might be out of the team next week. And that's what you're seeing a little bit of now. I, I, yeah, I just I, I think that's a really important point. You know, it's, it rotate the front three players, all of them, mm-hmm. or you know, it just looks like they're lacking some chemistry. Yep. Like Zick played today. Didn't use the ball very well. It Giroud's on. Hudson Doys on the right-hand side. Pulisic comes on. He hasn't started a game, mm-hmm. I don't think, under the new manager. Nope. So they, I, I agree with that. I think other parts you can kind of swap around a little bit, but the front three need to start finding some chemistry yep. up there. OK, well, he was frustrated many times throughout the game. Thomas Tuchel, here he is now. Thomas, what's your assessment of the result and the performance? It was a high-quality game between two, two very strong teams. Um, so we suffered in uh, some minutes in the first half. It was hard for us to find. Uh, yeah, we suffered in some minutes because of the quality of uh, MacGyver and uh, MacGyver and MacGyver and uh, and, and to, to come in and we couldn't close the six and um, that was uh, difficult in some minutes. But uh, overall, we we were. Um, was an even game. Second half, we've, I felt us very, very strong, very aggressive, many high recoveries, good chances, good half chances. I thought we are closer to win it, but there's a lot of quality on the pitch. It can happen anything, any minute. So, result is the result. But performance-wise, I'm, I'm very satisfied. We defended very, very high, very couraged, and, and uh, very brave in the last line. I'm very happy with that. Manchester United's uh, centre-backs in particular pushed high. Were you expecting them to be so high up the pitch? Yeah, that's why we changed in second half and defended with two strikers to block them and uh, that they cannot enter that they cannot enter with the ball. Or do you mean without the ball, defending higher without the ball? But defending or, or with the ball? Without defending. and with. Yeah, and we were not good enough in the first half to, to attack the space. We had too many too many ball losses, easy ball losses. This was it was difficult because uh, they they started with a high pressing, so to find the solution was not always easy. We lost a little bit the confidence with with some easy ball losses. Uh, that can happen on that level. It's not uh, it's not a big deal. We, we said this also in half time. Don't worry. We change a bit the structure. We went to a, a five three two. Um, to have higher ball recoveries and can, can put the pressure up high to regain confidence. And that, uh, that the boys did that very, very well. And so we dominated the second half and were close to win. What did you make of the VAR intervention and the potential penalty? Uh, that would... But how can this be? How can this be? Uh, how can this be an intervention? The, 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 the red guy, the, 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 the player in red, plays the ball with the hand, and then we are checking for for what for penalty. I mean, why does the referee have to see this? You watch this uh, one second on the on the iPad, and you see that it's. I saw it on the field live, and I see it on the on the iPad. Why was does the referee need to see this? He did everything right. Don't understand why he needs to check it. But I'm glad that it's no penalty because that would be even worse. No Tammy Haberman in the squad today. No. What was the reason behind that? Selection. We have uh, 21 strong players and only 18 uh, possible. And so hard decisions is, uh, is, is my job to take hard decisions. And this was the decision for, for 18 guys and Tammy was not with the group. Overall, what is your evaluation of a point today? Well, we take what we what we got. This is no other no other solution in football. We have uh, again a good performance, defensive-wise, character-wise, and uh, from 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 mentality. I'm absolutely happy. 
against a team like like Man United, uh, yeah, you don't get many chances. If you get chances, uh, maybe a half chance must be enough. We are not in that moment yet where we where we are clinical enough to to win games like this because it's possible to win like this. But uh, overall, with the effort and the performance, there are absolutely no concerns. I'm happy if we go on like this. We are a difficult team to play against. Thank you, Thomas. No goals, but should you have had a penalty? Yeah, 100%. Can you understand at all why it wasn't given then? No, not whatsoever. Uh, not at all. So, especially when, it's, when, he, when they stop it and he walks across and can watch it. From here, you can see it's a handball, but you think it's our player that does it, and they're shouting it's handball for our player, and then when you look at it on the video, it's taken two points away from us. What's your understanding of what the referee said to the players about no, his decision? That's, uh, it, I can't say, because that's not going to be good for him. But is that not concerning to you? Because yeah, of course Shaw, it is. Luke Shaw has already said to us, Yeah. he heard him say to Harry Maguire, yeah. I can't give that too much controversy. Exactly, but I didn't say it, so I don't want to cause controversy. But that's, it's not right, is it? It's, you know, it's all these uh, outside influences, you know, even even the VAR talk before the game here uh, on Harry. That's cheeky, actually cheeky when they put that on their website. That's influencing the referees. What was that? Nah, you can go back and look at the websites. In terms of, I, just, I genuinely don't know all this. <laughs> As in, just, yeah, you can you can read it, what they're saying about uh, all the contro controversy about Harry Maguire and putting pressure on the referees to give penalties how against us. <laughs> how serious a problem do you think it is? Well, we've, we've seen, like, there was a manager, it was actually, was it Frank, was it, that started it? There was, no, there, there's loads of talk about us getting penalties when there is no doubt whatsoever, and now, of course, the Today we've taken. Uh, we should have had the penalty. That's as clear as it is. In terms of the rest of the performance, what did you make of it? Defensively, energy, application, attitude, pressing, spot on. Absolutely spot on. With the ball, not good enough. Not quality. Not enough quality. We didn't create the chances that we uh, we hoped for. Towards the end, if you score on that breakaway four against two or whatever it was, that's a perfect away performance. Or if you get that penalty and win one 0 you said to us before the game, you will see Anthony Martial at some point. What made you decide to step him down today, to start him on the bench? Well, Mason's, Mason's done really well. Uh, Marcus has scored plenty of goals. He's really, really a threat. And I think you can see why Dan James played absolutely top. His pressing energy, the, the, uh, the threat in behind he gives us, absolutely top. So today we decided on those three. And Anthony will definitely keep on playing for us and score goals. And in terms of your desire to try and get closer to City, what does the point do? Not enough. So that's why towards the end you, you're pushing players forward. You want them to uh, to get that winning goal that we hope for. But you know, clean sheet is always the foundation. We've had too many or loads of clean sheets against uh, the top sides, but we uh, we haven't found the goal, and that's what we need to find. That's I've said it before. In these games, we need that one goal to uh, to open them up. Let's have a look at the penalty once again. He says absolutely 100% should have been a penalty, Robbie. No, absolutely not. If there's any player handling the ball, it's number 11. He, he moves his arm towards the ball. 
and Hudson-Odoi, you see it again here on a slow motion replay, and that both players are coming together. Arms are kind of jostling with each other, which is normal. Now, if, if Hudson-Odoi's hand is clearly above his shoulder, it's an automatic um, penalty or foul, which it wasn't. There, it looks the, the left arm is more blatant as a handball, in my opinion. Maybe it flicks off the hand of Cullum Hudson-Odoi, but again, it's not in an unexpected position. They're jostling for the ball. They're making a big thing of it. I don't see it. Yeah, you have to have your hand above your shoulder, and it was level there. Yeah, or if it's above your shoulder, it's, not, it's like Unexpected. automatic. Right. Or if it's away from your body, is it, been, is it in an expected position? Mm. And I'd say it's a little bit away from his body, but it's expected given the, the two players coming together. And it wasn't above his shoulder. It was no, level with not clearly shoulder. above his shoulder. Um, he was obviously angry there. He talked about yeah. this, this Harry Maguire article on the Chelsea website, which we're trying to find, by the way, right mm. now, which is not easy to really find what he's talking about. He is riled. He is rattled about Frank Lampard starting the whole thing. about get, They get too many penalties. Mm. What's your reaction to what we just heard there? Well, I think Solskjaer's fishing a little bit, just trying to just trying to make an excuse for his team. Really, that it was they were pedestrian, they were tired. There's been a lot of buildup with the games. We understand that, but let's call it what it is. If this had nothing to do with a witch hunt for, against his team not getting penalties or getting to it, it's none of that. Unless they, they clearly the title's gone for them. I think he sees that and recognizes it, and we're getting a little bit of frustration there. Agree, sour grapes. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I you know what. I think it's like kind of hearsay about what a player said to the referee as he walked off. You know, Luke Shaw was saying the same sort of thing as if it's mm. got under the skin of United. But, Just uh, talk uh, about that they well, get they yeah. get they get more penalties than yeah. anybody else. And Atwell said, I can't give that because there would be too much controversy. I yeah. mean, if he said if he said that, but again, we're talking if. So we, we haven't got you haven't got the context of what he meant around that. You know, I, I think it's that for me is hearsay. He said this one thing. Yeah. Forget about it. Forget about it. It wasn't great United today. Maybe if he rests his star players totally on Thursday, they give him a little bit more and they go on and win the game. I don't know. Tim, your post-match thoughts on Liverpool, first of all. Well, I think with that win now, um, 43 points, it puts him in a really good position to push for the top four. And, and, and must you, you asked the question about body language before yeah. the game. And I thought it was good. For me, first half, heads could have gone down. We had a lot of chances and luck's against us. And what was me? Wasn't the case. They kept pushing the second half. They got the goals they deserved. And they put themselves, like I said, in a really good position. And body language, it was an interesting topic because four yeah. straight defeats. Yeah. And they've not lost five in a row since 1953. That surely was somewhere in some of their minds. So how did you feel they got on? Uh, it's just important. An important victory. You know, and, and it's just turning those possession and, and dominance into goals. Curtis Jones, well done. Young midfield player. Took his opportunity really well. And from then, no problem. But... We're going to see, you know, where they can take that now. Chelsea on Thursday is a really difficult yeah. game. Liverpool need to finish in that top four. They're, of course, within striking range of that. But are they good enough defensively? In a couple of moments today in the game where the centre-backs that haven't played much for Liverpool, majority looked OK, but a couple of times got caught again with runs in behind. So that will be a concern, of, of course, uh, with their main centre-backs out. But we'll know more on Thursday. And the Champions League, by the way, they're still in with a great chow mm -hmm. or chance of, of having a really good run in the Champions League. But absolutely for sure, needed that win in the Premier League. Um, much better. Once the first goal goes in, it's cruising, it's comfortable and um, full value. Yeah, we, we keep harping on the defence. When you when you look at Phillips and Carback, Chelsea's going to be a massive test yeah. for them. Today, it, it really wasn't. But you, what you don't see is seeing a new player into the Premier League and then a young player in Phillips. There's no communication. There's no there's no, there's no one who, who's steering the ship and talking and... So that's a concern. Still a concern. We know defensively it's been tough for them. Yeah. Do you see Werner playing on Thursday rather than Giroud just mm -hmm. because of that centre-half partnership and possibly the space? I would think so. Mm -hmm. I would think so. I mean, that pace in behind, Burke came on in this game and has that pace. Mm. But I don't know. I think he's quite difficult to read, actually. Thomas Tuchel's <laughs> team selections are pretty <laughs> difficult 
to try and figure out. And he's changed those front three so many times, it's difficult to know who's going to go with. But that is absolutely going to be the crux of that game is, is Liverpool's defenders, are they good enough um, and strong enough in mm. some ways to handle that, that uh, Chelsea front line? Curtis, well done. Second Premier League goal, first this season. Did it come at the opportune moment, just before that could get nervy for you? Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's been a difficult time, you know, for myself and the rest of the team. But um, I'm happy that I got that I got that I got on the score sheet, and um, I'd like to take this time to say that that this goal is for Ali's dad, actually. Um, so may uh, rest in peace, and and if Ali sees this, this is for you, bro. Well said, mate. Well said. How tough's it been for the club around the club? Um, well, you know, he's a strong lad. Um, a big part and part of the team, of course. So, you know, um, he's not here today, but we we miss him for sure. And, and, and uh, I'd like to take and take this time, as I said, to, and to dedicate my goal to him and his dad and, and the rest of his family. Jürgen, at the end of what I imagine has been a very difficult week for everybody, how much satisfaction do you take from that result and the performance tonight? Oh, a lot of both. Of course, the result most important. <laughs> um, it's a while ago that we won a football game, obviously, and um, so that's why why we are doing it. And so that's the most satisfying stuff. But of course, the performance as well was in the end only a two-nil because Ramsdale played an incredible game in first half. But in our situation, you cannot be sure. Huh? You, it can, it's possible that it's just his day. And then you can do whatever you want because the chances we created in the first half were incredible. With top football um, against this well-organized, deep defending side, they don't. They'll, of course, they lost a lot of games, but all the, only with really tight score sheet, uh, score lines. And um, so, um, was very, very important. You know, when you play a game against Sheffield United, you're going to get a physical game. They're going to test your character, your resilience. And I suppose is one of the big positives that you came through that test tonight, particularly two young centre-halves. Oh, yeah. Both played a super game. You know how difficult it is um, against uh, McBurney and McGoldrick in the first half. For these, these, all these long balls to defend them clinic, like clear that it's not a free kick or stuff like this. They did really well, both. And um, so that was important. But with the ball, they were both good as well. So that helped. Um, yeah, no, defending was really good. Of course, they have their moments around set pieces and things like this. But Adrian was there. Then I uh, have to say pure class of Adrian today. Just super character um, that he just stepped in and, and, and put a performance like this on a pitch. That was really important for us today. So he had in the first half a an incredible save from a yard or so. Um, yeah, no, it was just a, a good game. What can you use from tonight going forward to try to turn around what's clearly been a bad run of results for you? Well, pretty much everything, but of course we play the next game against Chelsea, which will be a completely different game. Um, but apart from that, yeah, the resilience, of course, the, the, the physicality, all these kind of things, but we have to play and defend different areas against Chelsea so it's now not that we just can play the same game again but um, for today it's enough that, that we take the three points and um, all the rest we work on in the next four days. Liam, Tim, Robbie, so Southampton one point taken out of their last 27 as for Everton they followed that massive win at Anfield by holding on at home today. Let's start there with Everton because they're even points wise now with Liverpool who are in sixth. They have the game in hand on everyone above of that. Yeah. Do you see them top six? Do you see them making a push, perhaps top four? 
I, I see them uh, top six. I don't see them being good enough to make the top four. That's a, it's a competitive area of the league table right now. I get the point. They're a game in hand. They can get right into that area with, if they win that game in hand. I just think, you know, I, I, and today's a win. A win is a win. And I think the Everton fans will take it because they've been so disappointing at, at Goodison. Um, but a top four side at home against Southampton that are on an awful run, you'd normally expect a little bit more class, Tim. Sure. Again, they will take it because of the run. But that was kind of not particularly convincing. Well, it wasn't convincing. Can they make the top four? Yes. On the balance of what they've shown this season, no. Because it, they continue to flip-flop with results. And not just results, performances. Today, it was sloppy. They didn't get on the ball enough. They, they, didn't, they weren't able to kill off a game in, you know, with Southampton. They, should, they really should have. They made a, you know, Carlo Angelotti makes a sub after the 85th minute. They needed fresh legs to come on. Mm. So it was a bit sloppy. And as I mentioned earlier, they, they just haven't been able to get their best players on the field consistently, whether that be Alan, James, Richarlson, maybe Sigurdsson at times, but, they, but, but certainly Dominic Calvert-Lewin, they haven't been able to play together. When, when they did play together at the start of the season, it was so exciting. To it was. Watch. So yeah, different to that. Was. But you're right. I mean, the, it, players have been injured at different times, and that, that was just very scrappy. Mm-hmm. Well, since the start of the season, you go to Southampton, right? Because here's a team that was, in December was top four, right? This slide, we dissected it. Where do they go from here? Because both of you said you don't really think they're in a relegation scrap, mm. and you don't really think Ralph Hussonado is the under F- any pressure. They, so what do you do for they, here? They go to the FA Cup. They're still in the FA Cup. They're playing Bournemouth in the FA Cup. Um, I don't think they're going to get relegated, though. They've got still got some points to, to gather, but there's a lot of points uh, teams below them that are also struggling. It's difficult. I mean, he brought, he brought on some of his young kids today, get them some experience. We know he likes to develop younger players in this team and the squad. They've fallen away. They've just fallen away. We enjoyed them. I, I remember watching yeah. you know, a few months ago. They played lovely football, a different system and the pressing and everything. When everybody's fit and it's right, they're really good. When not, then not, not so good. Tight game. Didn't go your way. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, not a good start today. With the first goal, the first chance. It's not really a goal chance. It's a long ball and we don't defend it well. And then uh, the... It was a good good goal from from Italy. So it was running deep. So it was tough to defend. So we have seen the same goal against Liverpool. It's, it's, it's his strength, and, and we couldn't defend it in the right way. Uh, yeah, but that's it. I think from Everton, I haven't seen a lot of. Uh, they had a few chances from set pieces, and we in a moment uh, we cannot score. This is this is our problem. I mean, we didn't have so many chances today, um, and the last in the last third. Uh, the one against one, the the, the last pass, the last uh, duel to win, to score, is not there in the moment. Um, not strong enough. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's the reason why we struggle in the moment of scoring goals. Uh, this is the last two goals we scored was Mino Mino, and he was out today also. And, and uh, I mean, we... It's not missing so much when I see the game in the second half. We tried a lot. We, we, we had a good second half today, I think. Uh, the three young lads I subbed in. They did what they can do in a moment. Uh, you see we have only our academy players on the bench in a moment because of all the injuries we have. Uh, the positive thing for me was that Stewie showed that he can play a six. That was good for me to know because on, on this position we have definitely a big problem because Ori is out for the rest of the season. So this gives me a little bit hope. And helps us definitely. And yeah, the right back. I mean, Musa is not his best position, I think, but he played it in the second half and it was okay. 
is the frustration for you? This is exactly what you said to us before the game. We need to create more. We need to score more. Yeah, but uh, I'm not so so disappointed today because I think we played the maximum we can in the moment. It's, 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 it's hard to say, but it's not the same team like played in, in, in the first half of the season because we have so many injuries and this is, this is always not so easy then to find the same level. But we tried and the guys did, a, did, did, did okay in the second half. We tried to, to have a high energy level and, and uh, push back. Uh, yeah. But uh, as I said, the goals are missing in the moment and without goals it's tough to win games. You came on stronger towards the end of the game. Was there more urgency in your play then? Yeah, you take more risk then, and, and uh, after the uh, yeah, we, we took Sally off and one more offensive player on the on the on the pitch, and, and then you try against a good organised team. I think we had a lot of uh, corners, a lot of set pieces, uh, and a few good chances after this. But uh, always one one leg in between, or the keeper makes a save, or we don't we don't find the target. So this is a problem in the moment again. Uh, yeah, have to have to work for the luck that it comes back in a moment. It is not there. You don't feel there's any lack of confidence at all due to the results. No, I didn't have a feeling in the second half. I think this was by far one of the best second halves we played in the in the past. Now today, and uh, no, we know that it is difficult for us to win games. We know that everything must be perfect to to win games. We we cannot always overperform or outperforming. But but in 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 the end, yeah, it's it's. It's not so not so much missing, I think, and this is what we what we have to to tell the guys. How concerned are you about the to- the points that you're missing out on the moment? The teams behind catching you. Yeah, but it's normal when you don't win games that you you get under pressure. It's it's still unbelievable that we are in this position that shows how much we have done this season yeah, to be with 30 points so far. Um, and when you see how much uh, problems we have in a moment for winning games. I mean, this is then uh, a signal um, yeah, that it is a, a tough situation we are in, but we know this and it's always a fight until the end. Appreciate you talking to us. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Let's stay right where they finished because he was asked about pressure. The team is seven points clear of the drop zone right now. And this is one of the situations where I wonder, a lack of fans, mm-hmm. does he benefit personally from that, from the fact that maybe he's not hearing his I, I, be- I believe that you know, whether... Whether it's a top football club in England or not, if you if you go winless in nine, the fans are going to get restless. They are going to pile pressure on it now. Does that mean there are going to be banners and planes flying over that says Hassan Hurl out? Maybe not, but the fans will be heard. It's not just winless in nine. It's, I mean, the eight losses during that nine. Mm. Yeah, there are more positives to take away, but it's tough mm. to take positives away during a streak like this. Yeah, you know... It, it, it talks about there that they're not scoring goals. Danny Ings last year got 22 Premier League goals. was a phenomenal number. Now, if he's not scoring goals, Shea Adams has had a flurry of a few. Um, I look at other parts of the side, and we've talked about players like Nathan Redmond for seasons. Like he's, He looks like he's you know, a talented player. Not, very little production. Yeah. What's he got? One goal, one, ass, one assist in 16. Musa Genepo, younger, again, mm-hmm. no assists. He had two assists last season. Their system is 4-4-2. It's kind of an attacking system with two strikers and two attacking wide players and, a, and Ryan Bertrand, an attacking fullback. It's just this division is hard. It's a difficult league to, to create and score goals. And when Danny Ings, who is a classy striker, when he's not at it, I'm afraid their quality around him isn't strong enough to regularly score goals. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's more of a... That's less of a Hasenhurtle thing. I, you know, I know he's overseen some of the recruitment, but it's hard to score in this division without real quality. And Southampton, like many others in this league, are struggling to score at the moment. And perhaps you look at it this way. 
they changed the expectations by how they started, mm-hmm. right? I mean, beginning of the season, you didn't see them being where they would be in December, did you? Mm. Thankfully, they had that good start because now they are yeah. suffering. But they will be safe, ultimately. All right. Well, that's the situation with them. They've dropped eight of nine. As for Everton, they got a must-needed win at home. Here's Carlo Ancelotti just a few moments ago. The goal itself, Richarlison, was it similar in a way to the goal scored at Anfield? Yeah, similar. We won a second ball, and then uh, Richarlison did a good movement at the back. It was still the same. So the, the position of our, uh, our striker was a little bit different. A little bit um, centre-right, centre-left, Richarlison as usual, but Dominique played centre-right and he did, in uh, my opinion, really well. Is that where he's at his most dangerous? That's where he does his, his most important work for you, Richarlison, on the last man, making that run? Uh, Richarlison is a fantastic target. I think we have, we have the luck that we have two fantastic strikers with different characteristics and they are really effective in front. Having put yourselves in control of the game, did you then let Southampton come back into it? Uh, when you are 1-0 up, uh, the last minute are always the same. So, uh, the, 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 the opponent team put a lot of um, power in the last minutes and we, are, we have to control. And uh, we, we controlled well. We, we, we had some set pitches, some they, they had practically only one opportunity um, and they shoot outside, out. Uh, of the goal, Pifford was good in the in, in the goal, really secure. No, no, I'm really pleased, honestly. How important was it to get going once again at home if you are going to push up the table towards the European places? Yeah, the, to fight for the European places, we need it, we need it, and we need to improve the the home run that was not good. I think that this performance, this victory, can help, can help us to have a better run at home. You're fighting for European places. Which European places? Are you potentially fighting for the top four? <laughs> it will be, as I said, it will be a dream to be in the top four at the end of the season. It's a dream. It's not an utopia because we are quite close to... If we win Thursday and we can be in the top four, but the season is long. I think we have to stay on our goal, that is to play Europe next season. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates, as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.